Welcome to the very first episode of On a Positive Note. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and each month I'm sitting down with a songwriter, recording artist, or both, to talk about music that can lift our spirits and heal our hearts. To kick off this monthly podcast, I'm excited to sit down with songwriter and recording artist, Sylvia. Her mega hit, Nobody, made her somebody in the 80s, and since then, she's always wanted to record an album that could be enjoyed both by children and adults. Now she's done that with her new concept album, Nature's Child, A Dreamer's Journey, which is earning rave reviews and has put her back on the Billboard music charts. In this episode, Sylvia talks about how this album was 30 years in the making, where the songs came from, and why she wants to awaken the dreamer in all of us. Sylvia, welcome to our very first episode of On a Positive Note. I'm so excited to have you as our inaugural guest. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to be your first guest. That's just wonderful. <laughs> well, the timing on this was pretty spectacular. By the time this airs, your new album will be out and it is truly delightful, but it's also a big departure from your previous work. So tell us what inspired you to create Nature Child. This album has been in the works in a sense since the late 80s. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yes. Six of the songs on this album were written. I wrote those six with Verlin Thompson, and they were written between 1988 and 1990. The idea came to me when I was kind of processing all those years on the road during the decade of the 80s. I looked back and I realized what a gift it was, all these children showing up at my shows, unbidden. I mean, it was, it, it wasn't anything anyone thought would happen but oh, i mean kids brought their parents to the show it was oh that is interesting because yeah. i listened to you in the 80s and i would not have thought to bring a child <laughs> well it's interesting but when nobody hit when that song hit mm -hmm. in 1982 that's when i began to see a lot of children show up at the shows and i know why it sold two million singles because all those little kids, they told me when I would sign autographs after a show, they said, I saved up my lunch money so I could buy your record. Oh, that's <laughs> and, adorable. And they would bring it for me to sign. And when I would sing the song in concert, they would have little dance moves all worked <laughs> out. And it was just so precious. When I was looking back on those days and those concerts, I realized, oh, my gosh, what a joy it would be to actually sing to kids messages, things I would really want to say to a child and to their parents. And when I realized later, since it's been so many years, that this music isn't just for children. It's really for all. It's for the dreamer in all of this. And that's why I subtitled the record A Dreamer's Journey, because there's mm -hmm. no age limit for dreaming. We can dream all of our lives, but I think our culture sometimes tells us to put away our dreams and get serious and get a job and make money. And, you know, all those things are important, but I think we don't have to quit dreaming. Yeah, I would agree with that. So as you had, you had some of these songs set aside. How did you then decide, okay, it's time to parade them out, write new friends for them to play with and create an album. <laughs> oh, I love how you put that. That's really nice. What I, did in the intervening years is I had a marriage and a dog and, you know, a life that just kind of took off in another direction. And I just set that music aside, the half that had been written and just always felt, well, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Well, in 1996, I ended up creating my own record label, Red Pony Records. And I 
started recording my own music and my own records. And I think I had to get a few records under my belt as a co-producer with my friend John Mock and get down the line writing songs, recording songs to really get ready for this record. I don't think this record could have been made in the way it sounds, in the way I write now, just the maturity of living life. It's come about at the perfect time, though I would have never guessed it, <laughs> that it would yes. be that long. But I think it's absolutely the perfect time for this record to be out. And did you immediately know, okay, here's the gaps that we need to fill. Here's the journey that this record goes on. Or what was the genesis of, of the overall project? Thank you. That's a good question. I didn't really know how this record was going to go. I knew that those six songs were where we needed to start. And I told my friend, John Mock, I said, let's work on recording these six and we'll get just in the energy of this music. Because I think from there, out of that energy field will come other ideas and other music. And that's exactly what happened. Four of the songs were written in 2020 as we were recording the project. And those four, John Mock wrote the music for them. He's a composer. And, you know, he doesn't really normally think of himself as a songwriter, though his composing has a folk element to it usually, and, and also kind of a Celtic kind of influence he and I both have some Irish ancestry, and I think our DNA, it just comes out in our music. <laughs> you feel it uh, in each other. <laughs> I think so. So we just kind of allowed the record to evolve as we went. And so the six songs became the foundation pieces. And then we allowed this music that John wrote kind of fit with what all we were doing. It was because we were in the soup of the record, of that energy field of the record. And I didn't really know where these songs were going to go. John would put them down like on an iPhone recording and he would send it to me and I would just listen to the music over and over until words just started coming and images started coming. And I would just describe those images. And it really came out of the music he composed. So it was very magical. The whole process of making this record was absolutely magical. What's so fun with this is there are so many different musical styles and textures. And, you know, now that you've explained John's writing, that makes so much sense. But as I was listening to it, I really thought about that. Like, wow, how did we end up going from an Americana song to uh, the one with the train whistle to something that has a very Celtic feel? So was it then intentional that you would have all these different textures or is it just because that's how John wrote music and it fit? Well, you know, he wrote the music to Every Time a Train Goes By, which is probably the most rootsy sounding thing on the record. He also wrote the music to Hey, 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 It's a New Day and Nature Child, the, the title cut. And John is a composer and he's a multi-instrumentalist. So he's playing a lot of the instruments on this recording. I think it just weaves itself together in this really magical way that I can't explain. It's like you can plan. It's like, okay, we want all these songs to feel like they're threads in a part of the one fabric. And I think we were successful at that. I feel like there's enough variation between them that it keeps it interesting. Mm -hmm. But there's some things that really, the, the, what I call the ethereal vocals. This is something I'd never done on a recording before, but I've always loved the music of the Carpenters and I've loved the music of Enya and Lorena McKennett and people like that who have this beautiful, mystical quality to their music and to their harmonies. And all of that kind of came to bear in the recording process because I felt like as 
what John and I always do, we always start with a vocal and guitar, acoustic guitar, vocal, and we build everything around that. That's how our recording process always is. So as we were building it, it's like, I want the music to feel this mystical, magical feeling. And I thought, what if we did oohs and ahs that were like background kind of an ethereal feel that will support the lyric in this way? Because I intended and want, wanted this music to usher people into their imaginations without pushing them in there, just inviting them in. And I think those vocals became a really key component to the sound of this record. And I think it was one of the things that helped weave the songs together. Yeah. You know, I grew up with Alan Parsons Project and Pink Floyd. So I, I love the whole concept album idea. And talk about how that's different than, as you said, just individual songs. Well, it's different in that there is a theme and I didn't set out really for there to be a theme, except that I wanted this music to all be things I would want to say to a child or I'd want to say to a coaching client, which I, <laughs> you know, I've been working as a life and career coach for the last 20 plus years. And I'm often in conversations with people about, let's talk about what your gifts are, because often people come to see a coach when they're stuck and there's a lot of focus on what isn't working. So I like to kind of shift it around and say, well, what is working and what do you feel passionate about? And it doesn't have to be something you make a lot of money at. It could be just a hobby or so there's a correlation there in that kind of inquiring about our gifts and our passions and our dreams. And then in this music doing the same. You do have so many different elements to this. It, let's talk about the album as a whole, because I've listened to it. So I have a huge advantage for everybody listening to this podcast. Talk about what this journey is that you take them on. The journey begins by talking about this place. It invites you to go to a place called Avalon. And for me, that's a metaphor. Everything in every image, everything in this music is metaphor, really, as a good story is, you know, any fable or story we all have lived with, everything is metaphoric. So to me, Avalon is metaphor for our imagination. And it's inviting you just beyond the, the golden sunset, you know, there's this magic land. And, and that's what I'm ushering in in that song. And then in the next song, it takes you into, well, what is your imagination and why should you use your imagination is your friend? You know, it's like assuring you that you can come on this journey and you have everything you need <laughs> to take this journey. And then the train song, it's called Every Time a Train Goes By. The, the message in that song basically is about facing your fears. We talk about how much music can help us heal. And you've done a lot of work, not only as a career coach, but you were on a board of a nonprofit for people with mental health issues. And how does all of that, the, what you've heard from people, what you've taught to people, how does that inform the lyrics that you write now? Well, everything affects everything. I'll tell you a little story. I worked with a voice teacher, Gerald Arthur, every week for 32 years, I think. I had Wednesday, 1130 was my appointment with him. One day I was in the studio singing and I just, oh, I was having one of those glorious days where you just can't hit a bad note, you know, just, oh, just singing my heart out. The next week I came to the studio for my lesson and I couldn't sing anything. I just, like, <laughs> just felt like, oh, it just, 
isn't happening. And I and I was complaining to him. I said, I was singing like a bird last week. What happened? And he said, well, what happened between last week and today? And I proceeded to tell him events that had happened. And he said, you know, everything that has happened between last week and this week, it's in your voice. Oh, wow. And I said, well, I never thought of that. I said, he said, even what you had for breakfast, it's in there. <laughs> he was joking with me, but he was, it was true. He said, everything is in your voice. And he said, well, what do you think about just maybe singing with the voice you have today? Interesting. It made my mind stand still. And it was a pivotal moment in my work with him because I wasn't trying to sing like I sang last week anymore. I I thought, okay, I'll just sing with the voice I have right now. And it's amazing because when I did that, and then he said, okay, now sing, sing. I was singing like a bird again. It was like magic. <laughs> it's like when I embraced all that is in my voice today and sang with that voice, suddenly it was good again. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's so a, cool. I think it's a long way around answering your question that everything's affected by everything and it's all in there and you just sing or show up with the voice you have right now. I love that. And that's just such a, yeah, show up with the voice you have today. And that's something we can all do. Like everybody can learn from that. So as you think about people listening to this album and listening as families, how do you see them using this? <laughs> I hope a whole bunch of different ways. I hope that people will listen to this record often because I think it puts you in a space of openness into your subconscious, into your ability to dream, into the ability to believe that something different is possible if that's what you want to create. I think we humans are so much more powerful you know, powerful than we've ever dreamed that we could be. I think it's so easy because we're so fixated on what's happening out there and, oh, isn't that horrible? And what if this and what if that? And we keep looking out there and we keep looking out there for it to get all better so that we can feel better. And I would suggest that it's the other way around, that we look in here to find the peace and joy and the passion, the things we love, and want to create in here. And so what I hope for families and for children, maybe parents and grandparents will sit down with their kids and listen to this album and talk about it, you know, song by song. Well, I love you for who you are is the finale song of the album. And I think it could be what we say to our kids, you know, and to our nieces and nephews and grandchildren, you know, I love you for who you are. You don't have to do anything to win my love. I love you just as you are. And I think everyone needs to hear that no every day age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and I think the timing of it is so good because, as you said, we're looking for things outside us to get better. And mm -hmm. the children are feeling the stress that we've all been under for the past yeah. two years. And I cannot even imagine how it's affecting them in ways that, we, that we're not aware of yet. Mm -hmm. And what I love about Nature Child is it has this healing, soothing like a very understated joy to it, you know, where it's, it's not an, I wouldn't say an exuberant album. It's a soothing journey that just kind of wraps itself around you. And, and I think that is what children, what families need right now is just to be able to enjoy that journey together and feel that peace and that, that sense of belonging and love that, that exudes through the album. Thank you for saying that. That's just beautifully said. 
That's really beautiful. I that's what I wish for this music. And I think there's no accident that it's coming out right now <laughs> when we probably need it more than ever. I needed it. I mean, this music helped me get through these last two years. Oh, I'm sure. Music, and recording this music and getting into the creative energy of possibility. What can we do with this? What does it want to do? You know, adding some sound effects here and there. It's like I wasn't trying to figure out sound effects. I could just I, I was just talking with John one day. Say, oh, we need to put a real train on this song. Every time <laughs> yeah. a train, we need this. We need to put the train on there because kids, I thought, you know, kids want to hear that train and feel how that could be so scary or the water sounds of being in a boat on home is, you know, those things would just come to me. I would just be listening to like whatever, wherever we were in the process of recording, I'd be listening to the song. And then suddenly I just heard sails flapping in the wind and a, a lighthouse horn going off in the background and the sounds of water lapping up against the boat. And that ended up being in the intro of home is it was just magical how it just like the music let us know what it wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. Every song will tell you what it needs if you'll like sit down and, and listen to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah. So with the album out now, are you going to tour? Or are you doing shows? What happens now? Well, I want that to happen. We've got to see what's going to happen with the virus. My plan is to get out there and perform this music for families and kids. I really want to do that. And I also would love to sing it with an orchestra. I've never done that. Oh before. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it, would the, be, it would be all the Nashville symphony now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to need to pitch it to them and say nature child, a dreamer's journey could be, you know, a whole theme for maybe an afternoon children's program and family oh, and wow. children's come. And then that night come to the other performance, but who knows? I'm just very open to possibility. And I trust that when it's time to get out there with this music, it will open up and I'll be able to get out there and perform it because I really am eager to do that. Absolutely. So do you have more songs coming or what is, and I, I know people are always like, you write a book and people are like, so what's your next book? And you're like, come on, we're talking about this one. But do you have, I mean, you, you know, you put together this family of songs, is there another little group brewing inside of your mind? I think there may be. I have no idea at this point. Right now, I, you know, I'm at this point in time in my life, and I think maybe from being a coach, I've kind of learned this, that life is changing so fast right now. Technology is changing. Everything is changing so quickly that by the time you make a goal and you set that goal, everything has shifted in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you go, whoop, I guess that's not going to work. So I'm, I'm more like, uh, let's take one step at a time. There's a lot of energy right now around creating a series of videos, which we're calling storybook videos, one for each song on the album. We've oh, already, nice. We've done one on Avalon and we're working on the second one. And we're just, or my plan is, I hope we can do this, is every month release a storybook video for each of the songs so that by the end of the year, we will have 12 storybook lyric video songs uh, of the whole album. So that's my focus right now. I love that. Yeah. And we'll make sure we'll, we'll get, make sure we have the links from you and we'll put that on the landing page because you'll have a couple of them up by the time this posts. Yes. And so then they can go check them out and then start following it and collect the whole set. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this fun. is terrific. You know, you, you've done so many different things with your music. You're evolving into a completely different voice than we heard 
with nobody, which was really what introduced you to the world. And what do you think that your legacy in music is going to be? It'll probably be a mixed bag, you know, because I think, (laughs) but nobody was such a huge record. I think for most of my career now, that's been my signature song, though I had other hits and other Mm -hmm. number ones and uh, Drifter and Tumbleweed and, you know, several other hit songs, but it just kind of overshadowed all that, which is a wonderful thing. I would hope, though, in the long run, that this music would be what would be my legacy, the, the legacy that I care most about as far as it comes from my heart. It comes mm-hmm. from a desire to connect in a genuine and heartfelt way with people through music and through story. That means a lot to me because I, I think for thousands of years, humans on this planet have connected around story and around the fire, you know, with a book for the last several hundred years. It's like, I would hope this would be what endures over time long after I'm gone, because I think it's meaningful in a way that can be supportive and a loving message. It is. That's wonderful. Sylvia, thank you so much for giving me this time today and for creating this beautiful album. I'm excited for our listeners to learn more about it and be able to listen to it. We're going to give them links and let them know how they can learn more. And I look forward to you going on tour. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, so much. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again for uh, kicking off on a positive note for us. Oh, you're so welcome. I really enjoyed it. That was Sylvia talking about her new album, Nature's Child, A Dreamer's Journey. You can learn more about Sylvia, where to buy her album, how to view her storybook videos, and follow her on social media just by visiting livehappy.com and clicking on the podcast tab. We hope you've enjoyed this inaugural episode of On a Positive Note and look forward to joining you again next month. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.